Thanks for joining me today, Rodri. Um, today I'm speaking to Rodri Jones. So for those that don't know, Rodri used to be a professional footballer, previously played for uh, Man United at youth level. How's it going, Rodri? You okay? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. I uh, appreciate your time. Um, so obviously you're aware of the podcast. We had a chat up there and obviously the, the podcast is geared towards speaking to people like yourselves uh, about their transition away from sport to another career. And obviously making people outside, uh, outside of the sport or, or even within sport, whether you're an athlete or kind of a, a coach or whatever it may be, making sure that people are aware that athletes do have trans transferable skills, which are suited to other careers and not just necessarily sport. So how's life at the minute? Um, how's, how's things for you? What are you up to nowadays? Yeah, life's good. Um, well, I've, I've started a uh, mind fitness um coaching company so I kind of work with it's usually your um, overthinkers or your high achievers or your kind of curious types who yeah. find out they're coming against their edges and they've got a curiosity for, to find out why really um yeah I've been working with some athletes and I, we alluded to this off you know in our, in our pre um pre-podcast chat but I do sense there's a willingness especially with young athletes to explore a different way to be you know the, the topic of mental health is a big thing at the minute but I think there's a way to to look at it in a positive light and look, you know, with those who are not suffering from a, a um, recognisable cognitive disorder, but for those who kind of just want to explore a different way to be, really. Mm. And that's interesting. You mentioned there kind of you work with a lot of youth uh, with regards to kind of the mental attitude, the mental approach to kind of day-to-day -day life, uh, life, really. So obviously now, in terms of kind of, the media, uh, people coming out and expressing their feelings uh, with regards to kind of mental health, mental ill health. Obviously, that's going to bode well for the younger generation coming up because obviously that's kind of what we're here for. So youngsters of the future, to a certain degree, we're obviously getting older. Our time's kind of gone. So, what what do you think? Uh, I mean, I touched on it there, really. What what do you think are the, the reasons for uh, kind of youngsters nowadays being more intrigued with regards to the, the mental elements of kind of sport? I honestly think, you know, there's a lot of noise out there for young people, you know, with social media and stuff. But within that noise and all the their access to wonderful resources, and I think you've got, like, you know, podcasts like yourself and, and or even the kind of, like, stuff like your Joe Rogan podcasts and a lot of American ones and even, you know, the British ones now who are kind of um, exploring these different ways to be and stuff. And I think, you know, like, if you are that curious kind of... Um, got that kind of curious attitude there's there's no excuses in a way because you've got access to this resources so if you, if, you know the resources out there it's just maybe the there's a scarcity of maybe those youngsters who who you know take it off their own back and, and explore really so i think um yeah there's, there's definitely um definitely a um, willingness to explore a little bit more i think mm. and what do you think about let's call it the older generations the ones who are kind of uh in the maybe in the, the early stages of their professional career middle and also the latter stages how have you kind of approached that do you deal with any players or athletes within that kind of uh, remit or not yeah a few I, you know obviously anyone can benefit from mind um fitness work 
you know, you, you can rewire the brain at any stage of life, you know, neuroplasticity. Um, but what probably happens, you know, the longer you go in life, you've been skiing down the same path in your in your in your mind. It's like you can still change, but you've obviously got to be more open to new ideas, really. Um, yeah. Because because I th I think what happens is people go through school um, not maybe really understanding their mind in terms of that inner voice and the beliefs you have about yourself. Um, and what, what you have in maybe elite environments um, and, you know, you're like your entrepreneurs, people are really pushing, you know, business leaders that they're coming up against their edges a little bit more, I think. Um, so I, I, I think that's what maybe you find out, like for me, it was certainly a case, you know, in my football career, um, I, you know, I, based now on a career that I had to retire when I was 24 and the the words of the knee consultant was, Roger, you've got the knee of a 50-year-old ex-footballer at 24. Wow. But I still think my lack of psychological fitness had a bigger impact on my life right. compared to injuries and that. that and then I can't say it clearer than that, to be honest. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I want to touch on that in a second. But you mentioned that, obviously, we all know that brain's a muscle. And obviously, because we've played sport, we, we generally hear about kind of muscle memory and things like that. So I haven't kicked the ball for probably say nearly 10 years now but I know if someone kicked me a ball I'd be able to control it based on muscle memory and things I've learned whilst I was playing so are you saying now the older you get is it maybe harder to change your ways in terms of kind of how you mentally approach things as opposed to if you're maybe a 10 11 year old or 15 year old well, it's a weird one when you when you when you're working with younger people it's like yeah, they, they haven't built the ideas about themselves that maybe, you know, they haven't got the, the memories and that they're basing their future on. But then when you're younger as well, you do benefit from the stuff that doesn't go right in life and those yeah. kind of like, so, 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 so it's a weird balance really where you kind of, um, you want them to explore for themselves and not just believe what you tell them, but it's kind of them realizing that they're going to have challenges in life and not tripping themselves up by adding stuff through their thinking or the beliefs they have themselves. I think once you kind of, you can get, you can kind of like shine a light on those and knowing that you're still going to trip yourself up, you know, like youngsters, you know, that, you know, they're still, the brains are still maturing in terms of like their, their thinking capacity. Yeah. Till they're, till they're 25, really. So when, when you have adults looking back and trying to like speak rationally to, to youngsters, and you're like, yeah, but their, their brains are like a little bit a different stage of development compared to yours. I think, you know, all it is as you get older, you know, our brains are trying to predict the future based on the past. Now, if you've got a lot of like stuff that you haven't really processed in your past, then that's going to, it's going to be a self continuing prophecy in a way because you're basing your future and you know mm. like we're trying to based on what's happened in your past and then you know the more you realize well that's just a story you're telling yourself and yeah it might feel real in your own head but then that you know that's what I kind of do really is like you shine a light on certain things you join the dots about what's going on and people can only be made um, responsible to that what they're aware of once you've joined the dots with someone then yeah the onus is on that person to take full responsibility but yeah, what I'd say is like, it's obvious when you know, like when someone shines a light on something, oh yeah, it's so obvious when, 
Yeah. And thought of it like that. I was like, yeah, that's all the point. It's like, it's like it's the same as like when someone the whole thing when you know you see a, 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 someone who's got takes their own life and has got you know life in front of them and people can't believe and said oh well that person never let on that's the whole point isn't it is that um if, if that person had let on earlier then it might have been avoided or if life isn't life isn't clear cut like that and it is going to be challenging anyone who paints a picture of life is like this you know it can be murky at times it can be like you're feeling your way around the dark so <laughs> at least not try and trip yourself up you know add, add, add your own like layers to it that's kind of unnecessary really yeah no it's it's, it's very interesting stuff uh, and again i want to kind of dive a bit deeper into that a bit later on you mentioned earlier that kind of you retired through injury and you said yeah obviously knee injuries and things like that so talk to me about your transition period like how was that for you yeah, I don't know how it was for you, because I my knee had kind of like I'd had periods of, you know, I'd like I was at Manu and I'd like suffered horrendously with knee problems, then kind of joined Rotherham and I don't think I really recovered from the experience of being let go by Manu. I, I do honestly think I'd suffered an element of trauma, but I didn't know at that time I was a twenty-year-old boy. Yeah. didn't really have that kind of psychological support, so kind of left your own devices really. So. I mean, I joined Rotherham and it was a, it was a um, dressing room with big characters in there. Um, but I kind of didn't really, really recover really and had like dark times there with, with depression and then kind of ended up, still my knee was still playing up there. So I kind of, kind of, there was that idea of like, oh, well, I'm 2021 and that, like, this knee is just like, it's going to be a tough career if I'm trying to like you know it's swelling up all the time so honestly when you know I, I was playing semi-professionally at the time you know I'd, what I'd done I'd, I'd kind of left for them I basically told them to rip up my contract and mm. um, went to do a business degree um, while playing semi-professionally and then but that kind of caught up with me so uh, yeah when I had to retire at 24 and honestly it was a to start off it was a sense of relief it was like oh, I'm not gonna have to worry about my knee because I was playing on the Saturday and it was still still trying to get swelling down the next Saturday so I was like oh yeah it's, it's just a bit of relief but then then suddenly you know a couple of weeks three weeks month you know I'm still training equally as hard in the gym with, with nothing there and then you know yeah. you lose that kind of sense of sense of um, that social connection in the dress room and then then suddenly I was kind of like, oh yeah, wow, I've wrapped up a lot of my identity in football. I don't really know who I am. I'm kind of like, based, you know, when I was five years old, my, my first teacher brought my school report, good luck with the football. So for me, I was like Rodri the footballer rather than Rodri who expressed himself in football. So, you know, yeah. you, you're attaching yourself to that identity. Mm. So, I mean, what I did, you know, I was like, still had the kind of drive and I worked my way working into the television industry. So um, you know, I, I speak Welsh as well. So I worked in the Welsh language TV industry, working on documentaries and, and stuff like that. But I was kind of like, you know how guys, guys may be more than, like, I didn't, I didn't let off any emotion when I had to retire. I just parked it, compartmentalised and go, right, reframed it at least at least I, I kind of reframed it in a way and said well I've had to retire but at least I've got legs at least I can do, which is great on one level you know it can yeah. you know it can keep you operating but I don't think I kind of really looked at the um 
emotional impact and that, like you say, that sense of identity. So I kind of like, I turned to Stoics, Stoicism books, um, which, which are very handy when in times of adversity because, you know, very direct and kind of control what you can control. And um, ref, like say, like what we just said about reframing situations to put a different spin on things, which can be handy. But probably parked a lot of it as well then. So I kind of like, yeah, I was, I was successful in TV, but then I, I, I kind of have this feeling like this like sense of emptiness. And I was like, oh, well, I was always trying to fill it with external stuff. I was like, oh, well, um, you know, I work in TV and yeah, I've been doing pretty well. It still yeah. feels empty as well. Maybe it's like when I get the right woman, yeah, and I met my wife, who I'm still with now. I was like, but there's still a sense of emptiness. I was, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's when you have kids, and I had like two kids, and I was like, still had that sense of emptiness. And I love my kid, you know, it's, not, it's, yeah. it's a weird thing. Mm. Like I kind of like disconnected a bit. I think when I kind of, you know, probably when Thrive first released me, it was a sense of like, oh, you're not, you know, you're not good enough as a person. And then when I had to retire at 24, it was like a sense of, oh, well. That's it now, that's as good as it's going to get. And you, once you plant those seeds and you're operating from that place, you, you kind of lose um, you lose the joy for life a little bit. You're kind of just, I don't know, it's just like, you, you're probably part of you, like, I don't want to, you put on the barriers of I'm not going to be hurt again. And you're kind of just like operating. And yeah, I've got that natural drive and that curiosity. So you're kind of always going to find success certainly somewhere. But, it was coming from a place of lack rather than you know like when you when you do something just like for the fun of it in terms of like as an expression i'm okay as i am but as an expression of who i am and yeah. Um, yeah so I, I basically had a you know 2017 i'd like i was with, I was quite ironic i was working on a documentary um on a Welsh champion bodybuilder, um, he's like Mr. Olympia champion. So he's out in America, he's like a Flex Lewis, like he's, he's a huge guy, like great guy. Yeah. But I was like working on a documentary, I was meant to go out to film with him in Florida and Vegas, which, you know, you think those are dream locations. But I was like, I was like, I just had a second, my second son and I was like, I pushed myself. I was just, I was still like just spinning my wheels a little bit because I wouldn't really turn inward. Um, mm. So I ended up like in a in a GP um, room in 2017. And I honestly, it was like, you know, like how in football, sometimes you have to change tactics. And it was like, well, you know, your tactic of being, my, I think my approach in life up to then had been, um, I was a perfectionist. Um, who was really hard on himself so then you throw those two together and then you're kind of like you're beating yourself up for trying to reach a state that's unattainable in the first place yeah. so you're kind of like so I just yeah I just changed tactic and thought what if I just became gentler with myself and welcome everything in life rather than think oh, I've got control life and get everything like I wanted like just trust life you know rather than you know I'll still still try and do what I do in life it was kind of like it was finally like the signs like well yeah up until that point I thought it's selfish to look inward I thought it was like I thought you know you have to always have to put everyone else first without that realization that you know it's, it's not selfish to put yourself first it's maybe the most selfless thing you can do in the long run because you've, 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 you're, you're radiating on a different energy to move with people around you and, yeah. and you know I, I think you know that's what I did and I was kind of at that time I was thinking you know do you want 
you know, you've got this wonderful opportunity with two young boys. Do you want to be a father who's disconnected, or do you want to be someone who kind of like turns inward and and re regains his um, joy for life, really? And you know, so it's probably been a period of like contemplation, reading, meditating, and then suddenly, you know, rather than trying to how to, trying to be resilient and trying to be happy, you just you're stripping away a lot, and suddenly it kind of just it happens organically, really. So, and then, yeah, so I, I set up the Mind Fitness Company this year. I've done a couple of certifications as a, an NLP practitioner, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which looks at the effect of, um, like, um, what's going on under the body of your behaviour, looking at what's driving your behaviour, really, the kind of words, the language you use. Um, and I've added to that, like, a psychological fitness specialist um, certificate. But... Honestly, you know, they're useful and you, you learn some things, but I don't think you can replicate that life experience and being able to just be present with someone. I, you know, they say a lot in the, in those kind of change, changing relationships or those one-to-ones, probably about like 15, you know, it's probably it's something like 15% is the techniques. Mm. And the majority of it is just, say at holding space with someone you knowing just like you know making someone felt really heard and, and valued and uh, you know I, I, i'm probably i i'm just naturally i'm naturally um sensitive i'm naturally curious with people that's why i think i work in tv because i'm curious about what drives people mm. um yeah and i've got that experience of when your mind works against you and so i, I just think like without being like too um what's the word like um like feel you know like this is feel like i've got some kind of responsibility really i mean a lot of people were going to me like oh we're with your story why didn't you go to academies and say to tell your story i was like yeah and raise awareness and stuff yeah that, that can be useful but that's just my story it's like yeah. for me it's more about being able to actually be of help with people and yeah i've got that kind of experience and of being in those kind of environments so you know how it is with athletes it's like that trust issue is like yeah. they'll test and they're like at least they know well yeah i didn't didn't reach the heights football but i've kind of been in and around there mm. but that by itself isn't enough you know i, I yeah. don't think it's, it's you know it's, i kind of take the work seriously but yeah, I think it's a wonderful opportunity, really. You know, for me, if someone had said to me, you know, um, when I was 15, 16, said, um, you know, those thoughts, you know, they're not quite what you think they are. They're not like, you're not there, you know, consciously producing these thoughts. They just, they come and go. Whereas I was like, so tied to my thoughts and thought, even if I had like a negative thought about myself, I thought it was some inherent weakness in myself without realising everyone has those thoughts but you know how it is it's like that invisible you know you can you can look in the dress room can't you and you can see yeah that guy's been working out you know he's, he's got yeah. he's got the sex back he's got the he's got the curls but this is invisible thing and you know in the dress room like everyone has a bunt and stuff and then you and you if you if you sat like those 11 guy or whoever in the dress room individually the outward behavior might not exactly match what's going on and i think like of course, there's always a bit like right? your outward behavior doesn't, it's always going to be a little bit different to you in with, but the more you can bring that closer, yeah. or you know, or you inquire, well, why does it feel like you have to put on this like persona? Um, that the more then you're being authentic, like people say, well, yeah, just be authentic, but 
look at the reasons why you're not authentic in the first place. Like, be resilient. Look yeah. at the other reasons why you're not resilient, rather than trying how to be present. It's like, yeah, but your mind's trying to pull you this way and that. So let's look at that first, and then you maybe naturally find you're a little bit more present. I guess it's a, it's a, that's that's my approach. Anyway. Amazing. I mean, very interesting stuff there. And again, I picked up on so many things that you mentioned. You, you mentioned obviously you've got that natural curiosity within your personal, um, well, personality trait. Um, and you said you've done a lot of things, so like media side of things, and obviously what you're doing now with regards to kind of the mentoring side and things like that, which is really interesting. So, um, what transferable skills have you kind of taken from your life within football? into kind of what you've done in the past and what you're doing now as well? I, I honestly think you know, it's all the footballers, right, when you're younger, you look statistically at your chances of making it okay. If you were looking at it rationally, no one had ever tried in the first place. So even just trying, yeah, some people thought, you know, most people fall by the wayside, but there's, a, there's something in you. You've got that kind of bravery. You've got that bravery to at least go for it. And yeah, you might fall by the wayside, but like people take those for granted. And like, whereas, I, whereas I'll, if I've got an empty calendar, I look at it as like, wow, what a wonderful opportunity for the year. Because like, I think what you have with like um, people from that kind of background, that yeah, like you said, you, you pick up these skills of just like, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow my curiosity. And, you know, you've got that innate. And yeah, you might pick up like, bits in your career where a manager said like you have a bad um, um, outcome with a manager or something that might have an impact and stuff but I just think like the nature of the kind of um, people that go into into those professions generally um, like that obsession I've still got that obsession now but it's but it's not it's knowing I'm okay as I am and like this obsession is just like for me, I, I'm always a bit like, how how unfortunate if you go through your life without anything to obsess about. Like for me, it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe they're like being so hard on yourself. Like, yeah, you, it, it, it's just a fine line about, you know, you, if you've been so hard on yourself, you're just battering yourself and, you, and you're just freezing because you're so hard on yourself. But yeah, but that get up and go and, and that perfectionist. Yeah, I mean, if the it's the same as perfectionism. As, the perfectionism is driven by a sense of lack, thinking like of fear of not being, per of being imperfect. Or, or it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm finding my perfections now, but I'm still pursuing perfection, knowing I can't get there, but I'm like, I'm just, it's just an expression of who you are. So it's like, it's all about like, what knowing what's driving it. And mm. well, I think, yeah, those, those characteristics that you take for granted as in, in sport, like, don't play yourself down. I think we're quick sometimes, like, especially we're quick to downplay ourselves. It's like, it's like, I was speaking to an athlete the other day and it goes, um, just, just want to, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, I feel cocky, but I can't show that I'm cocky. I said, well, like, I'm quick to say you've got to be humble. You've got to be humble. Why do you have to be so humble? Like, yeah. it, you know, like, <laughs> If, if you're someone who's acting cocky and, and, and doesn't quite equate to what's going on inside, yeah, maybe you can temper that down. But what, what about that person inside? Like, when I say boo to a goose, but inside he's got, like, he has got this cockiness, but he won't give himself permission. It's like, you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, like, like 
why, why not? If, if you believe in yourself, it's, it's like, honestly, I feel like sometimes in dress rooms and, and in organisations, like people, honestly, people get a little bit triggered by those who are going, well, no, I believe in myself. I'm good. like, they've yeah. got that self-belief because it might, it might reflect where they're kind of triggered and where they don't yeah, exactly. themselves. So they, so they make themselves better then, then they'll try and like, you have in the dress room something, you know, maybe someone's like, the source of the banter about being busy that was when, when I was in a dress room oh look at him being busy busy and it's just like and for me the, I was the mentality was like I probably conformed a little bit then because I was like oh well I'll just stay in my lane like I'll stay in my place and I, I feel like what I'm saying is like what don't take on face value whatever people behave you never know what really is driving someone else's behavior all, all you can ultimately be responsible is for yourself and I feel like you know, you're not the cause of everything that happens in life, but you've got that responsibility to go, oh, well, what's been triggered in me? What's going on here? Otherwise, you're at the whim of everyone in the house around you, especially the dresser. I mean, you might have a manager, like, who doesn't get you. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe your map of the world's like this, and his is different, and, like, and you go, oh, he should be totally like I want him to be. And, like, that's not life, isn't it? You, you're not going to go through life, and, you, you know, yeah, you, you're going to veer towards those who... who you're on the same wavelength and resonate with, but on that path, you're going to come across some people who are, who are just different. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, uh, yeah, 100% true. Um, so, again, um, I don't know about you, I mean, for me, especially when I was playing, whenever anyone ever spoke about retirement and kind of anything of that ilk, it was always seen as a bit of a negative or just kind of no one really wanted to discuss it. Um, I'm not saying I was kind of forthright with it or anything like that, but do you think like retirement needs to be approached in a different way? Because I don't, I don't see it as a negative thing. And again, everyone's different, so there's no right or wrong here. Um, but if you look at it on paper, so you finish football, if you're lucky, or any type of sport really, um, you normally finish around kind of mid-30s, call it that, for argument's sake. And then you've still got a large portion of your life to go and live. So you can obviously use that as a, as a kind of piece of motivation going forward in order for you to maybe prosper elsewhere. And it may not be the first thing you do or the second or third. Um, but for me, it was always kind of, okay, well, retirement, that means I'm getting old and my career's done and it doesn't really have to be like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what do you think on that? Do you think it needs to be approached in a different way? Yeah, it's a weird one. I, I think what you have is maybe like a football you've experienced obviously I didn't hit, hit the heights but you can imagine that footballers you've had these dopamine hits and you're kind of used to this like bubble and just this like you know this this intense environment so you've yeah. got to you've just got to adapt your expectations you adapt what you know like that's why you probably get some who struggle because they're still trying to hit the same you know they're still trying to get the same rush and stuff and you kind of like that you know what you might do is trying to have to get your rush from everyday things rather than you know the, the peak experiences so to speak. Yeah. but um it's a weird one with with retirement because the way i look at it like you could have someone like let's say you could have like a, like a doctor or someone successful who's outwardly successful on paper and then they realise at 40 or 35, right? So let's say that's the ages, you know, roughly 35 to 40 when players retire. They might have that realisation. They're in the wrong profession. They're on the, but they're on the ladder that, that effectively they can stay until retirement age. Yeah. But I know some people who've got into profession because I think they should. They, you know, when they were younger, they're like, um, 
or maybe the parental voice or the authority voice. So, well, um, oh, I happen to be good at this, but I don't really enjoy it. But, you know, they, they, they talk themselves into a career. Yeah. So, so I think sometimes, like, people think, um, oh, like, the footballers think, oh, well, I'm having to play catcher. Well, yeah, maybe to some degree, but don't it seem that everyone who's, like, on that career progression exactly where they want to be and so it's like sometimes it can take some people four years to to figure out what they want to do because you're changing like you're not the same when you're you know like you look back and you you change don't you like you you know someone says oh what do I want to do with my life I'm like like as you've got this one decision but that can change a bit like in the experiences you have and the people that you bump into, there might be like a job that you've never even considered, and then you, you bump into someone, and it's like, and it and it plants a seed, and yeah. So it's a weird one, you know. I know we spoke about this before the podcast. It's like, yeah, it's it's unavoidable when you're playing. You know, it's just you know physically. You know, I know players maybe playing a bit later now because they they've got maybe the, the information about prolonging careers, but. It is a short career and it's like all depends on like if you're looking for other sources of education because you're not like you say you're you're not it's taking your eye off really focusing on football in terms of like giving it giving it everything you've got you know because sometimes you like you, you can look at the look at after career after your football career with a sense of fear trying to predict everything and you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it, it all depends on striving you. I mean, when I was at Walsroom, I was doing like um, an open uni degree, but that was more, it was kind of, yeah, I was quite intellectual and sometimes I just wanted just to engage that part of the brain really. But then can I say a part of it was like, I didn't believe myself to really maximise my, you know, or, or really kind of um, unleash my potential in football. Like, I, I know I had injuries as well, but it's, you can only answer that individually. Like you have to be true, true to yourself. Like some people are going, like, yeah, well, it's it's important to have strength to my bows, but deep down they're like, because I don't really believe I can hit the heights that I'm probably capable of. So mm. you know, it's you, you can spend so much time sometimes. It, yeah, it's, it's useful to have half an eye in the future, but then you don't know what's going to happen. You know, a few days like we live sometimes like we're immortal and you, you know sometimes if you had a reminder every every couple of weeks of your uh, mortality you know it's, it would put life in you know a lot of people a lot of people that go and see like a motivational speaker that's our uh, life in perspective i'm like yeah maybe maybe till the next morning and then, <laughs> then you, <laughs> it is it's, it's, it's a weird thing really and I, I i feel like that's what maybe you know coming from that background does give you is just like you've widened your scope of what's possible in the world and yeah. you know um you're prepared to like step into situations and you know that there's nothing stopping you then from taking those skills and and stepping in like you've done you know it's just like you know a lot a lot of people do and it's just that 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 it's, it's maybe just more really like you know not getting too tied up with your identity as a footballer because otherwise you, you know you want what you might have is like someone just holding on to those memories and yeah you know they're, they're just, you'll see sometimes like I, I spoke to someone who works in um, tv once and he says like um, some of the pundits come on and they, 
they're rehashing the same stuff, like the same stories about that, you know. And yeah, obviously memories are golden, but like you know, life moves on as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it be, you know, some people would be like, oh, yeah, I wish I just knew, could map out exactly what's going to happen in my future. But isn't that part of the excitement? Is that uncertainty of like, you know, as long as you're open to it, you know, some people are just like, I always feel like there's an element of of luck in life, but to to have that like you've got to be step you've got to step into things as well you've got to put yourself out there and um um and even you know it, even players who you know big names probably have a rude awakening when sometimes when they stop because the doors are always open suddenly you start shutting but there's other doors to open isn't there it's just like exactly. it's just that staying open i think is the key is not like shutting yourself off and then once you start playing the story of like our um, you know this, like our, you know, like our thing, things aren't going to work for me, and I think you're just limiting your world a little bit. And yeah. don't be wrong, you, you know, you got to be um, um, realistic. You know, you know, if you want to be a doctor or something after retiring, then you know, you've, it's going to take a longer process. But I think, I think it's just more, you know, living a life of like, you know that it's like not you've been living a life. Even because you might have some footballers, I, I, I get come across. I, I get always get some feel of when I even in the, my short career, there's some footballers that didn't want to play the game. <laughs> they were like just yeah, doing yeah. it because they because because they because they happen to have this ability, and they're like, oh, I can't not tell my parents or my friends who who be dying to be in the position, and some of them just survived the game. Yeah. Um, and would have preferred to do something different. It's like yeah, it's a strange one you mentioned that. I mean, I was randomly thinking about that the other day. I, I don't know what made me think about it, but I was thinking there's so many high-profile footballers or athletes. I, I remember a few when I was playing, and word got around that such and such hates football. And you, you obviously hear these stories and you palm it off, and then when someone else says it, it's incredible, and then it comes from someone else, and you're thinking, wow, he's that good, and he hates it. And people yeah. on the outside looking in, people won't understand like what what that actually means. I mean, I, I didn't hate the game, um, and I I wasn't I wasn't like a household household name or anything like that. Although I had a 15 year career as a pro, but you hear of these kind of players who had sustained careers in the Premier League who absolutely hated playing the game. Now that doesn't mean to say they went out and and didn't perform in training and stuff like that. They still turn up and and train and do what they need to do, but they just didn't like the game. But they just had a, a, a a level of skill and ability that allowed them to sustain that career at that level. It's crazy. It is crazy. Talk to me about um, your book. Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah it's a Welsh language book. So um, I haven't explored doing it in English because obviously with my Welsh background, it's always going to be an easier sell. You know, someone who's played for my new, there's not many Welsh speakers. Mm. But yeah, you know, it was, it was a weird thing, really. I was... You know, 20 years ago, I was at United when, you know, doing a travel winning season. So but that was kind of like coincidental. My my um, my granddad died um, and he was north. He'd written books. So he died a couple of years ago. And the scout who took me to my new originally um, passed. And Sir Alex Ferguson was speaking at his um, funeral. And it was just like those seeds of like, oh, yeah, maybe. You know, and I, and I always like reading as well. So it felt like natural. I'm pretty good at like spotting what a decent book looks like but yeah I, I kind of written a book but it was more um yeah obviously talking about the psychological side you know obviously the story is about from my time at night and stuff but i'm trying to give psychological insight to the obsession like you know when i was when i was young i was just 
yeah, I was just super obsessed with football in terms of like, you know, you probably had the idea. Like I used to play with my brother and my um, part of my dad in the back garden, and you know they'd go in, and three hours later I'm still by myself, just 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 in my lost and own imagination. And honestly, looking back, those are probably my sweetest memories of football. Like it just just being alone in my own imagination and, mm. uh, and what you probably developed then, like football was my safe space. I, I don't think people realise like it, what brings some of these players to football. It's like, you know, especially, you know, you might have some people who've like come from uh, troubled backgrounds and then suddenly they're in this place where they can, you know, the rules are clear and you, you're expressing yourself and it can become like addictive. And I, I think I was just, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing, really. But then, yeah, like, but at the same side, it was probably like, you know, being really obsessional. And honestly, you know, it was a weird thing. Like, man, signing for Manu was my dream, okay. And then when I signed like um, scholarship, um, I remember with me and my my friends after GCSEs went on holiday, okay. And I was like worried. I was like, I was leaving home this season. I'm happy at home. It's like people don't realize. It's like, yeah. I, you know, I, I wasn't coming from, a, I wasn't from a background, I was probably like a young 16 year old in terms of, I wasn't from a, 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 a um, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't very street wise, I was coming from a middle class background. Um, mm. I was worried, and, but I, I thought oh, I couldn't talk to anyone, I couldn't talk to my parents, I don't want them worrying, and my friends, like they'd swap positions with me. I couldn't, so I was kind of feeling like really low before I joined, and I was like, yeah. knowing that you're going into this, which is a great opportunity it's weird I couldn't I couldn't equate both really um mm. so yeah what, what I've tried to do in the book was just try and give like a psychological insight in terms of like and yeah what to be honest those are probably the parts I enjoyed writing more than most of you know my my um learnings after playing and um yeah brilliant brilliant um in terms of kind of transitioning from sports to another career, do you think there's more help needed for athletes? I know it's a tough one, and again, it's a hard one to answer, but it's something that always I always try and kind of get in the podcast, just because I like to hear what people's thoughts are on it. It's a weird one, really, because my transition was like, <laughs> my transition was very abrupt, because it was like, I went to the manager partner and so I was 2021 yeah. and said rip up my contract because I was in that place. So my transition wasn't it wasn't mapped out. It was more like a well-being thing, really. Mm. Um, I'm not sure because I'm not I haven't got my um, like fingers on the pulse at the minute. It's mm. it's a it's a it's a weird thing. Like you said, there's no right like a what point do the club what what point does their responsibility with the player finish? Yeah. It's like you know, you could say this when the contract ends, is it, like, it's a weird thing, you know, that's what I said about taking responsibility, really, like, what you probably have experiences of players just, like, procrastinate, or they just put their head in the sand and just kind of, like, and you'll have those others who may be, like, on the quiet of just being, doing stuff and maybe don't go on about it, and then, I don't know. What do you feel? You've probably got more experience in terms of like what what do you think like the, where the responsibility lies? Is like again, I don't think there's a definitive answer for it. It's just a tough one. I think from a player's perspective, you need to take ownership of your situation that you're in. Whether it be yeah. you're injured and you can't play again, or you you want to retire but you're not sure what you want to be doing, or you know that it's on the horizon and you, again you know what you want to do or you're not sure. Because even if you know what you want to do, it still may not be 
a success. You may jump into it and think it's not working. Then what? You need to transition off again to some a different avenue. So it's a hard one. I think the, the, the clubs do have, or, or someone within the club do need to take responsibility as well, just to make sure that the players are, are kind of okay. Even if, if it's just a phone call to say, look, have you got anything sorted or of what you're thinking? Just checking in because that phone call could aid that player going going forward. Okay, well, I'm coming to the end. The club still value me. They've called me off the back of their, their own kind of willingness to do so. And then that may make that person a day. And then it's like, okay, well, on the back of that, it could be a situation where the phone stops ringing, as you know, and, and you're waiting for that phone to ring. And then you're thinking, well, what happens now? Because my phone needs to ring all the time and now it's not. So does that mean I'm not valued? It all depends on your personality. I think parents... Again, parents need to play their part and understand their kids. It's a tough one, um, but getting your kids to open up. Understanding, obviously, where your kid's at with regards to their career and how things are going. Um, again, it's, it's really tough, and you can't just pinpoint and say, you need to do this, because it's just too hard to do that. And you're right in what you're saying. At what point do the club then say, right, we now need to step in, and then... We've stepped in, we've said what we've had to say, and now we need to step out. Is that at the end of the contract? Is that a month before? Mm-hmm. Is it a year before? Is it a month afterwards when they've left? When is it? It's really, really tough. It's, it's a weird, yeah. I mean, that's like probably, there's no answer that we'll probably reach out. But what you said about like trying different things, like the way I see it is like exploring. It's like, yeah, you'll dig a little hole there. Oh, yeah, that. It's not quite for me, and you'll dig it. And it's best to dig a lot of little holes, and then to find that one to like, yeah, I'm gonna dig. Like this is one thing. But where some people have been like, that's what I said earlier about someone who's like, you know, maybe like successful in terms of their, like maybe a doctor or something. Then they dug this big hole for themselves, and then suddenly they have this. That's like the midlife crisis or something where they realise, oh, yeah, I, I've, I've, I'm in the wrong job, but. I can't walk, they, they paint a picture like, oh, I can't walk away now because I've, I've got all the trappings around. But that doesn't, I, 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 you've got to either got to make peace with yourself there or, yeah. or you just you just transit. Because I always feel like, you know, it's, it's always different because we always like live like, you know, we, we live day to day thinking, oh, yeah, we're just going to carry on forever. But it's like, well, sometimes all I'll do, I'll just look at my, like, like when I'll, I'll see how do I feel with something because you might you know you always paint a, you know rationalize stuff and go yeah well um, I've got these like like considerations in my life which you know obviously they do come into it but it's like but if you never took that opportunity how would you feel at the end of it yeah like do you want to look back and go well I wish I'd done that well that time's gone and you, and I think you kind of intuitively know when something is for you and. Mm. But it's kind of like being in your own lane and being able to like really realize like yeah this feels right for me and then and they might not like you know, but you look at other people around you and like why don't they like this is what works for me and like well and then you you have some people be like oh, but this is what I really liked me I thought maybe I should be that should resonate with me and like but you can't you know like you know you might do one job like. You know, you, you, you might do what I do, like what I do now, like the mind fitness stuff. Every time I work with a client, I feel alive after. And that for me is like, you know, yeah, you're still like, oh, yeah, well, you, could have, you know, maybe this could have gotten all that. But it's like, it's that felt thing. It's like every day I'm like, you know, the books I read and stuff like, and the podcast I listen to, no one tells me to do those things. It's just like, I've got this innate curiosity for those things where some people would be like, 
like yeah with you like you probably read stuff that maybe i would resonate with and you like reads so it's like so, so for me it's like um <laughs> it's a weird thing like if 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 money was no object you had no kind of any considerations what would you do start from there yeah and then look at what's preventing you and then you kind of shine a light on those things like sometimes people will like talk themselves into like something they don't want to do and I've done you know like, every anything I talk about I'm not like talking about like I've read it in a book it's like stuff I've experienced nowhere it's kind of like I've worked I've, you know I still work a little bit in television but I was like yeah but I work in television but all the books I read about like neurobiology spirituality philosophy all kinds of like books that like you know, like sometimes my dad comes around to my house and sometimes he goes like, I'm not even going to read the back of that. <laughs> like, I don't, it's like, but, but like so I say, like, but no one's like told me to do that. And yeah. yeah, it is handy to have advice from others, but no one, there's no how to, to be you. Like, no, yeah, you can hear, there's something about reading books and something resonates deeply with you. But I always find like, it's always helpful if it resonates deeply because it aligns with what your life philosophy is or something yeah. that you yeah. can't, you can't, I don't know, I don't think you can kind of, um, people will fool themselves, but I think you deep, you know what, like, you know what's true deep down and it's just giving yourself that permission to yeah. step into it because a lot of people are, you know, it's like the, there's a famous book called The Hero's Journey by, um, I think it's a guy called Joseph Campbell, and it's about, like, you have this calling, you have something that's calling you into life, do you step into it? Do you step into it knowing that you're going to, you know, there's going to be trials and challenges, but there's something pulling you to, towards yeah. it, and I feel like that's that's what I'm doing now. I mean, honestly, I've resisted this, you know, it's like, part of me is like, oh, but I can't every time I work, you know, it's, it, it, that enthusiasm, like, never wavers, you know, yeah. I, I never have a day where I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to see this client, like, I treat every client like it's the last one I'm ever going to have, and, like, someone else, you know, you might do what I do, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> work, isn't it? you know, but yeah. that's what I say, like, it, it's a completely individual affair, and I think, like, I always feel like, everyone's got that calling in life and yes some might go with a whole lifetime you know not stepping into it you know they, they yeah. place limitations or there's other factors at play and some people you know come from a background maybe where they, they unfortunately don't get that you know the, the, the opportunities don't come their way from, from different for different reasons so yeah yeah i think we all i think there's like we all for me like you know, and the way the brain works, you're like we're trying to put a story on our lives. But I look back at my life, there's a lot of coincidences and little things happen there. And you're kind of trying to put this big story about it. And it's like, but what I'd say is like, you've got to put yourself out. Like, you've got to put yourself out there. Otherwise, yeah. you know, this, that's, that's not the scaremongering thing. It's just, that's just common sense. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you're operating within your, you know, this little ceiling, these little, little you know, then you can blame life and stuff, but there's an element of you that's okay with that. Because I think it, if if the, if the itch or the discomfort gets too great, do you do something about it? Or, yeah. or you know, or, or I, I think that's when people start, you know, this disease or or chronic illnesses is because of, not, you know, not in every case, obviously, but in a lot of cases is because people have just, they're not doing what 
lights them up. And you know, even if even if you're doing a job that maybe doesn't light you up, but where are you getting that? Where you, are you finding it in a hobby or something, or on a yeah. side venture or something like that? Like, also you're doing this podcast because you, you you've got that curiosity, and you, so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a it's a weird thing, really. It's um, yeah. yeah, and there's no five there's no five step plan. There's no like I, I think sometimes there's all these theories and all these, and it's like sometimes I think it's still to try and get like control on a life that's inherently uncertain yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah yeah you can't do it. i mean interesting stuff and we could talk all day things like this i'm, I'm really intrigued because like there's so many strands and avenues that you can take it and it's just it's really fascinating to me uh appreciate your time today i uh, really enjoyed the chat uh and again i'm kind of fun with what you're doing i think it's amazing stuff uh just before we go if you want to just let everyone know kind of where we can find you on social media if you are on there and also, obviously, the name of your company and obviously where we can find you uh, for that as well. Yeah, it's quite easy. Um, my, my website is www.rodryjones.co.uk. So that's R-H-O-D-R-I. I mean, it's not like a, an ego thing why I've called it my own name. But honestly, for many years in my life, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. So mm. I thought, you know what? Just call it by your own name, and I think I've got a picture of myself on the homepage. So it's more—it's not a vanity thing. It's more—it's um, more just you know what I, yeah, I'm just, I don't—I don't really care anymore. You know, I'm yeah. kind of like you know, in a way, it's like. Uh, but yeah, I think there's links to my. Um, I think I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm more active on LinkedIn than anything else. I'm not really a massive social media person, but you kind of got to play the game to to do it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Now, like I said, uh, really enjoy the chat and appreciate what you're doing. So I'll keep an eye out for obviously success going forward. Uh, and like I said, thanks for your time today. Yeah, man, thanks. You know, well done for you. Like, because that transition can be can be a um, scary proposition, but for, for athletes, seeing what you're doing and you know, someone will pick up maybe not something that I say doesn't resonate with people, but maybe one of the other guests is like, oh yeah, he's more from my background or. Yeah. You know, more my path, whereas my path maybe is, you know, more simple for someone else. You know? Brilliant. Appreciate your time and uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Lovely. Cheers, Cheers Danny. Thank you. Bye.